I'm sorry I ruined your New Year's Eve party, Lieutenant Diane. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. I hope you had a fantastic holiday and got to spend some time with friends and family. I'm taking a few weeks off from new episodes while I have some remodeling done on the house and while I celebrate Christmas with my family, so I've chosen a few episodes from the past. In the meantime, you can give me the ultimate holiday gift this year by going to the Apple Podcast app and leaving a five-star review along with a couple words. If you can't afford to help out via the Patreon this year, that would be an amazing way to say thank you and happy holidays for free. Now, today's episode was originally released on January 4th of 2021, and the topic came to us from Rebecca. This is Rebecca from Portland, Oregon. I learned that the ball drop that we are used to in Times Square actually goes back to England in the early 1800s, in which ship captains would use something similar in the ports to tell accurate time when they were at sea. There are two traditions that are very popular that I just don't understand. One of them is specific to where I live here in Columbus, Ohio. Every year when Ohio State plays Michigan, students of OSU jump into the freezing cold Mirror Lake on campus. I've never understood it. Uh, The other is New Year's Eve in Times Square. I've never, not once, watched it on television and thought, that looks like fun. And I love being around people. I just don't love being around people in the freezing cold for hours without being able to leave with very few bathrooms. Uh, I have some friends who have been, and they said, if you really want a good spot in Times Square on New Year's Eve, you have to be there the day before, which (laughs) is ridiculous. Uh, But regardless of what I think, those things are very popular. And I've watched the ball drop in Times Square ever since I was a kid. Let's take a look and see where this whole thing started. The first result I'm seeing is from a website called timesquarenyc.org. So good job on search engine optimization by those folks. Uh, First result. And there it is. There's a whole segment about so-called time balls. But first, let's talk about New Year's Eve in Times Square. The tradition of celebrating New Year's Eve in New York City's Times Square, which is the area of Midtown Manhattan made up of the brightly lit intersection of Broadway and West 47th started in 1904. But it was three years later, in 1907, that the famed ball drop began. A man named Adolph Ox owned the New York Times and had been known to present a lavish fireworks display from the New York Times building in Times Square. It was a fantastic way to promote their offices and the newspaper. He had the idea to drop a ball down a pole to mark the passing time into 1908. That first ball was designed by Artcraft Strauss, a sign company that was known for huge lighted signs around New York, including the famous Smoking Camel cigarette billboard. That first New Year's Eve ball was made of iron and wood and weighed 700 pounds. Artcraft Strauss's founder, Jacob Starr, adorned this five-foot diameter ball with 125-watt incandescent light bulbs. It was a huge hit and became part of an annual tradition that is seen around the world today. The ball was replaced for the first time in 1920, when it was swapped for a lighter one made entirely out of wrought iron. This lighter 400-pound ball was used until 1955, 
when it was replaced again with an aluminum ball that weighed a mere 150 pounds. Throughout most of the 1980s, they added a green stem to convert the ball into the iconic Big Apple. But in 1995, it was renovated again and got computer controls to manage the strobe lights. In 2000, Philips Lighting and Waterford Crystals teamed together to reveal a brand new Times Square ball completely covered in dazzling crystals. By 2007, all of those incandescent and halogen lights were replaced by LEDs, and that's pretty much the ball we see now. It's there year-round, and it's a permanent fixture on the one Times Square building. The current New Year's Eve ball is 12 feet in diameter, and get this, it weighs 6 tons, almost 12,000 pounds. It's covered with 2,688 Waterford crystals and 32,256 LED lights. Incredible. Something else that's interesting. In 1942 and 1943, there was no New Year's Eve dropping of the ball. Can you guess why? After the attack on Pearl Harbor, Mayor LaGuardia and New York Governor Herbert Lehman decided that New York should practice blackouts to prevent a possible air attack. Soon they realized that with New York's tens of thousands of street lamps and signs, a blackout wasn't possible, so they called it a dim out. You can find photos of New York during this period, and they're absolutely eerie. They're sort of post-apocalyptic. Giant illuminated signs in Times Square were turned off for the first time. Building lights weren't lit, and they decided that the New Year's Eve ball was part of the dim out. For those two years, people still got together in Times Square, but they rang bells to celebrate the New Year without dropping the illuminated ball. Those have been the only two times since 1907 that the ball hasn't dropped. But the interesting thing here is that the idea of dropping time balls didn't start in New York City. And I'll tell you all about that after a quick message. It's been getting colder lately, so it's been time to wear my favorite fleece jacket. It's made by Scotty Vest, and I love it because it's got a pocket for everything. It's perfect for traveling around and holding all my stuff. And when I say it's got a pocket for everything, I don't just mean it has a lot of pockets for no reason. Every pocket has its own functionality. Like there's one for my sunglasses that has a built-in lens cloth, and there's a pocket for my phone that has a clear plastic window on the inside, and there's a pocket for a wallet or passport that has RFID blocking technology. I'm not really sure what that is, but I think it's important for, like, passports. Anyway, Scotty Vest is a clothing company I believe in, and I'm confident they've got something that you'll love. The best thing you can do is take a look at all the awesome pocket-packed apparel on their website. I talked to the founder of the company a couple weeks ago. He's the Scott in Scotty Vest, and we've arranged for you to get a special percentage off your order. To get that, go to my website, theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals, uh, or just go to the website, click the deals link. I've also put that link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to our story. In 1833, England's Royal Observatory in Greenwich installed a time ball. It was an idea that had been used four years earlier in Portsmouth, England by Robert Watchope. The Royal Observatory is a building that runs through the Prime Meridian and has played a major role in astronomy and navigation throughout history. GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, begins here at this building. Okay, well, it doesn't, it doesn't begin there, but it's based on the location of this building. Time is a very strange construct. I don't want to get into it in this episode. It's a very important building. 
And just like we adjust our clocks to Greenwich Mean Time today, people in London adjusted their watches to when the giant ball on the top of the building dropped every day at 1 p.m. These daily time signals helped ship captains set their chronometers. They would raise halfway five minutes before 1 p.m. and then raise the ball the rest of the way a couple minutes later. Unlike the Times Square ball, the 1 p.m. time was recorded when the ball started dropping down the pole, not when it gets to the bottom of the pole. In the United States Naval Academy in Washington, D.C., a time ball descends from a flagpole at noon every day. While there are about 150 recognizable time balls throughout the world, this idea dates way back before those. In fact, ancient Greek clocks were placed in the middle of their cities and were adorned with a little ball that fell. Procopius mentions this in his book on edifices in the city of Gaza in the 6th century. It's not the same as the recognizable giant dropping ball that we're talking about, but it's worth mentioning. So there you have it. Everything you ever needed to know about the history of time balls. So next New Year's Eve, when a billion people watch the ball drop in Times Square, you can tell your friends and family about the real history of the tradition. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and see if they already know what we just learned. Today, I've invited my good friend Peter Bois on the show. Peter is a fantastic magician and an all-around good dude. When I asked him to come on the show to play the quiz, he said, what am I being quizzed on? And I didn't tell him. So since he's a little apprehensive, we're going to make the first question super weird. Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? Good to see you, Peter. <laughs> you too, man. How you are too. things in Maine? You know, uh, it was snowy and then it all melted and... Uh... Now we're back to like 40 degrees. Same Gotta here. love that global warming. Yeah, here in Ohio, we had beautiful snow for Christmas, and it's rained all week this week. and been It's been cold, but uh, all the snow melted. So I'm waiting to for more snow so I can go out and take some more photos. I've been, photography has been my respite from doing shows and, you know, the stress of the holidays. So as opposed yeah. to just day drinking, I'm going out and shooting photos. <laughs> Man, uh, my respite, uh, I had got a PS5 for Christmas. Oh, I got the gift no one can get. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and I knew I, I knew I was getting it beforehand, so I went out and bought a really awesome 55-inch OLED TV for my office. Yes. And uh, it is, it's amazing. I just, you know, after the kid goes to bed, I'm just up drinking whiskey, playing <laughs> PS5 until midnight and one o'clock. I'm every night. jealous. So you don't know what this episode is about, and I like to do that on purpose. Uh, so your first question, are, you're in your studio, correct? Correct. Okay. I've, and for the record, I'm nervous. I have no clue what you're going to ask me right I now. I know. I could tell you were a little nervous from when I texted you. Uh, so the first question is this. I've had something unusual placed in your house. So you're currently sitting in your studio. You should be able to see it from where you are. So I want you to look around and I'm just kidding. I don't have anything placed in your house. I just, <laughs> I knew you were nervous and I wanted to freak you out a little bit. Uh, no. So I, I'm, I was seriously looking. I was like, um, is it a, <laughs> so for this first question, there are some stakes to each one of these. If you get it right, I have to go upstairs and do the dishes when we're done recording. 
if you get it wrong, you have to do the dishes at your house if there are any. So okay. when we're done recording, uh, this is for doing the dishes. So here's your question. A popular tradition in New York City was inspired by something in England that was invented to help sailors. Which one of these was it? A, the chin flick hand gesture where one hand flicks from under the chin with the back of the hand toward another person. B, the dropping of a ball to ring in the new year. Or C, wearing all black all the time. I want to go with A, but I'm going to go with B. You're right. It's B. Uh, the dropping of the ball to ring in the new year was an old maritime tradition so that chronometers and clocks could be set. Uh, and it goes back to the middle 1800s. So you got that right. When we're done here, I will go upstairs and do the dishes. And you don't have to. You can tell your wife I said it was okay. Question two. For this question, we're playing for $100 to be donated by you to a charity of your choice spread throughout your lifetime. So if you get it wrong, you have to give $100 to any charity throughout your life, and it can be split between multiple charities. So $100, and you have until you die to do this. Uh, if you get it right, I have to say any tongue twister you choose. So you get to choose Ooh. a tongue twister, and I will try to say it. So th again, this is a multiple choice question with three options. The current Times Square ball weighs how much? <laughs> yeah. This is like how many how many jelly beans are in the jar? <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, there's very little frame of reference with a giant ball that's you know several hundred feet away from any single person uh, that we watch on television. Okay, the current Times Square ball weighs how much? A, six tons. B, eight hundred pounds. C. 150 pounds. Hmm. I don't think it weighs over a ton. I'm going to scratch that off the list. I think 150 is a little too light. I'm going with 800 pounds. 800 pounds? Oh, I'm sorry. The answer, believe it or not, Peter, is six tons. Six tons? You're kidding me. This is from the Times Square's own website. Uh, what? The official weight is just under six tons, 11,875 pounds. Unbelievable. So I guess that makes sense yeah. to make it solid. But, you know, I thought, I figured they had LED lighting, so it might take off a few pounds. So All right, well, uh, you, are, you are philanthropy through quizzes, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I'll I'll donate a hundred dollars this week to a, a charity. You don't have to do it this week. I mean, no, it's I'm going to do cool it this you, week. But you don't have you to know. do it this week. If you do do it this week, let us know. I'll post it uh, on the Tell Me What to Google page, and we'll let everyone know. But uh, you have until you die to. You could split it up a dollar a day for the next one hundred days if you wanted, and you could do a hundred different charities. That one is totally up to you how you split that up. Mm -hmm. Question three. If you get this one right, I'll post an embarrassing video of me on Facebook. If you miss it, you have to do the same. I know we have both shared embarrassing videos of each other with, with each other. Uh, <laughs> I've seen embarrassing magic videos of you. You've seen embarrassing magic videos of me. Uh, and I will post one of my choice on Facebook if you get it right. 
not the floating table video, but anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And those of you listening uh, will never know what I'm referring to because that is in-person friends only and never, maybe Patreon one day we'll see that video. Uh, Here's the question. In 1942 and 1943, the ball did not drop in Times Square. Why not? I'm guessing World War II. That's absolutely correct. Uh, World War II, they were concerned with being bombed from the air, so they turned all the lights out. Embarrassing video. So Uh, The table video, I think. You you specifically said you'd do the table video on Facebook. I I will not be posting that one. How about this one? I have the video of me at like 11 years old doing a talent show, and I'll I'll post that. I think I've posted it before, but it's been a while. (laughs) Question four. This one is going to be hard. There are a couple steps to it. If you get it right, I will mail you a tell me what to Google sticker. These are normally only available to Patreon subscribers. If you get it wrong, you have to mail me something from your home in Maine. You can choose anything and just mail it to me. Like a couch? Literally anything. I don't have room for a couch, but I'll I'll sell it or donate it or something. It's your choice. I'm not putting any limits to this. You can mail me. I don't even care. I don't, you can just mail me whatever you find. You can mail me I that. I don't want to lose so I can mail you something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your, it's the, the ball is in your court. Uh, no pun intended. In the 80s, the ball was transformed into the shape of a fruit for a few years. Without naming the fruit, name one other person who was famous for that fruit. Oh, my God. In the 80s. The first comes to mind is Apple, because Steve Jobs was famous for Apple, and that would make sense. But judging by the look on your face, I'm not thinking I'm getting it correct. No, that uh, is right. You got it right. I was just giving you a poker face because I wanted to see what else you'd say. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say one thing or the other. Uh, but you—that would have been good. I also would have set, accepted. Isaac Newton. Uh, there are many answers that we could have had. We could have had Johnny Appleseed. But yes, in the 80s, the ball was transformed into an apple for the Big Apple for the I Heart New York campaign. Uh, oh, and, the Big Apple. Yeah. And so uh, there you go. You've got that one right, which means I will mail you a tell me what to Google sticker. And when you get it, you'll get my return address on the envelope. You can choose if you'd like to mail me anything if you are trying to get rid of stuff in your home i have noticed you've been selling magic stuff on facebook lately so maybe if you want to send me one of those things i'd be fine with that all right or, the one that or the peter the t-shirt no you've been trying to get rid of for a year i'll take one of those two i've already got one but i'll take another one uh, how many do you want i don't, <laughs> I don't know I got two boxes <laughs> i'm gaining weight during the pandemic so i might need to keep going up in size question five this one is for all the marbles if you get this wrong i am banning you from the show Never to be asked on again. Oh, God. Here's your question. That's a big ego hit. Yeah, this one is huge. Here's your question. Where can people find out more about Peter Bois? I know this one. Uh, Michael Kent Live. Oh, uh, you can go to my website, peterbois.com or petermagician.com if you don't want to spell Bois. That takes you to the same spot. Peter, 
Bois. It's B-O-I-E, Bois. Or you can go to petermagician.com. You have gotten that one right. You will be asked on the show again, should you choose to. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, it's fantastic. I'd love to have you again sometime. And, uh, and Happy New Year, Peter. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. And Happy New Year to you, too. Well, that is all for this week. Thanks so much to Rebecca for the topic and to Peter Bois for being my guest. Here's a kid who's not allowed to stay up to watch the ball drop. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new if the internet says it's true. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, Joshua Indress, and the show's official Ember Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Jeremy Blake. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent. 